Welcome to Into Security, InfoSecurity Magazine's monthly podcast, bringing you news highlights, topical debate, and exclusive interviews from the information and cybersecurity world. Hi, everyone, and welcome to this September edition of Into Security podcast. I'm your host, Beth Mondral, editor here at InfoSecurity Magazine, and today I'm joined by our deputy editor, James Coker. Hi, James. Hello. How are you doing? Good, thank you. Thanks for joining me today. And um, for this edition of the podcast, I'm very excited. We've got an excellent lineup, and we themed the podcast around insider threats. And that's because September is Insider Threat Awareness Month. We'll be talking about news relating to this topic, as well as hosting a fantastic interview James carried out with Lisa Forte, a cybersecurity expert and partner at Red Goat Cyber. So for our listeners, do stick around for that. But before we get stuck into our chat, a quick note from our sponsor, Sneak. Thank you to our sponsor today, Sneak. Developers want to code fast and security wants to ship securely. And that's why they both choose Sneak. Find out more at sneak.co forward slash infosec magazine. That's sneak, S-N-Y-K dot co slash infosec magazine. So just a bit of background for our listeners who might not be aware about um, National Insider Threat Awareness Month. It is a directive from the US and is a collaborative effort between the National Counterintelligence and Security Center, NCSC, and the National Insider Threat Task Force, the NITTF, got to love those acronyms. Um, so this year's this year's theme for the um, Awareness Month is critical thinking in digital spaces, which I think is an interesting move from previous themes, which included resilience and insider threat and workplace culture. So James, I'm going to hand it over to you to kind of talk about what the theme of this year's Insider Threat Awareness Month kind of means. Yeah, absolutely. Thanks, Beth. And I, I think that this theme really emphasises that in often in the case of insider threats, it's a case of people being un, unwittingly manipulated or tricked into becoming insider threat agents by nefarious actors rather than necessarily being um, sort of maliciously motivated themselves. Um, so this can include sort of nefarious actors looking to trick employees into believing they're in a romantic relationship or perhaps using uh, finances if, if the employee happens to have financial trouble to, to kind of induce them to supply sensitive data um, from their employers. Um, so really, I think this theme shows it's vital that organisations and employees are aware of the tactics used by nefarious actors in this regard and ensure that they don't fall foul of them. On the National Insider Threat Awareness Month website, it explains this theme in greater detail. So it says critical thinking is important because it helps individuals become less susceptible to various types of risks to include social engineering, solicitation by adversaries, foreign and domestic and information designed to malign. 
increased awareness and understanding of why critical thinking is key to preventing unwitting and witting insider threats and protecting national security. Individuals and organizations achieve a greater understanding of how virtual platforms have been utilized by malicious actors and how to spot efforts to intentionally manipulate perceptions. And it goes on to sort of talk about the issues around COVID-19 and how it's exacerbated the, this threat. So it says COVID isolation and working from home has made it more difficult to discern between true co-workers and phishing attempts for proprietary or sensitive information. It has also led to more interactions on social media, which makes individuals more vulnerable to deception. Uh, and finally, it ends with insider threat programs are designed to detect, prevent and mitigate risks associated with malicious or unwitting insiders while protecting privacy and civil liberties. Yeah, so I think the the note about COVID, um, certainly a lot of people will be aware that how people within organisations felt reacted to um, the COVID isolation and working from home has changed how people behave and made it more I guess likely that that will exacerbate what an insider threat looks like and I think generally though the idea of awareness um, which was mentioned earlier in that that kind of applies not just to insider threats but cybersecurity as a whole like you said about the um, people being manipulated that doesn't just apply to insider threats, that is cybersecurity as a whole. So it could be coming from the outside, but it's important to know that these threats could also come from within your organization. And I know some of these themes that were mentioned just then um, will be discussed later in your interview with Lisa. Um, but before we go on to that, I know, James, that you picked out some excellent news stories um, that the Info Security magazine team have recently covered that highlight some of the risks and responses to insider threats. Yes, Beth, that's that's right. And the, the two I wanted to highlight are areas that have become kind of increasingly relevant to, to the issue of insider threats in recent years. Um, firstly, nation state. Um, actors sort of in, being involved in this space and also the issues around the great resignation both of which are kind of ongoing discussion points in the in the cyber world today so to start with nation state um, backed insider threats I think we're all very aware that there's an increasingly uncertain geopolitical landscape at the moment and um, it's it's been observed that nation states are increasingly looking to use insiders within organizations, um, whether it's governments or, or sort of critical industries to gain access to sensitive data. A quite a direct example, I guess, was in May, uh, we reported that the US government issued an advisory that warned organizations against hiring North Korean IT workers, because these workers are often attempting to gain employment with businesses in order to conduct malicious cyber intrusions. So that case that you just mentioned is obviously a very serious case. And wherever you are in the world, you can imagine that it might not be necessarily a North Korean IT worker, but your nation's adversary could be doing that. Obviously, it sounds a bit spy filmy, but it's obviously something that is happening. But I feel like this probably isn't the most common type of insider threat that organisations are facing. No, that's right. I, I think, as you say, it's sort of 
a bit of the realms of James Bond, that, that kind of thing. Um, but obviously one that, that people should be aware of, of course, and, and the fact that the US government issued an advisory um, highlights that really. Um, but yeah, you're absolutely right. It's it's really the status of in ordinary employees who perhaps have access to, to high level data. That's, that's the greater issue that organisations need to be aware of. Yeah, I think, obviously, as you mentioned, the Great Resignation, that's something that has made the insider threat a great one. But before we get into um, more of that, a quick word from our sponsor. Developers want to code fast and security wants to ship securely. And that's why they both choose Sneak. Backed by industry-leading security intelligence, Sneak provides real-time scanning with automated fixes and remediation advice right from the tools and workflows developers use. Code, dependencies, containers, cloud infrastructure, all of it. And while developers are building securely, Sneak gives security teams a bird's eye view of all their projects so they can prioritize and focus their efforts in the right places. Developer tested, security approved. Create your free account at sneak.co forward slash infosec magazine. That's S-N-Y-K dot C-O slash infosec magazine. As you alluded to just just before then, Beth, um, one of one of the biggest emerging insider threat issues that companies face today comes from the uh, Great Resignation phenomenon, um, which is really where we're seeing workers changing jobs or, or leaving their professions at an unprecedented rate during and since the COVID-19 pandemic. Um, so this often presents a major security risk to organisations. Um, for example, research from Tessian earlier this year found that nearly one third of employees admitted taking data with them when they leave their job and in many cases they don't even realize that what they're doing is illegal um, for example over half of the employees who in in this survey who took data from their previous employer said that they believed the information belonged to them because they worked on the document so this I guess shows that the need to educate staff on, on the legalities of this matter and the fact that you you can't just sort of take data from from one company to another um, and they could end up in potentially end up in serious trouble because of it. In addition, in May, we reported figures from the UK's Information Commissioner's Office that showed that over two thirds of data breaches in law firms, so that's obviously a lot of sensitive data there, were caused by insiders, um, which, is, which is again, uh, they linked that to the to the great resignation that we're seeing. Yeah, I think that's an interesting point that um, often people don't realise what they're doing is a breach. Obviously, that's a case that organisations need to educate their employees that how to securely move data, how to securely handle data and also have the right um, policies in place for when a member of staff is perhaps leaving the organisation or having a difficult time within the organisation, there needs to be a framework in place to make sure that, hang on, that person may have access to some sensitive information. How do we ensure that they don't use it in a way, even if it's not a malicious act? Um, but I kind of think with that in mind, it's a perfect segue into your conversation with Lisa James, because I know that she touches on some of these points. 
Yeah, that's that's right. And uh, Lisa is sort of she's a well-known sort of specialist in in analysis of insider threats and, and speaks really well on this issue. Um, and as probably our viewers viewers can hear from our conversation, it's it's a very multifaceted issue. There's there's a lot more to it than than people often realise. So who better to to help explain some some of this broad issues um in a in a very concise way so lisa sort of spoke to me about the state of insider threats today some of the trends we, we are seeing who who are likely to be the potential perpetrators or victims whichever way you want to look at it and also what steps organizations should be doing to to mitigate this risk let's take a listen Hey, thank you very much for joining me, Lisa, to discuss the, the issue of insider threats. Um, if I could start by asking you, what are the most common types of insider threats that we see? And are there any common misconceptions around, around insider threats? So there are sort of two main categories, really. There's what I call intentional and unintentional insiders. The latter includes people who have sort of acted in perhaps a negligent way or a reckless manner but don't actually intend to cause harm or damage to the organisation. Perhaps they've just been careless or they've made a mistake or, or whatever. Then there are intentional insiders, and these are people who, who conduct their act with intent, essentially. So they intend to steal or they intend to sabotage or, or whatever it is they do. Um, and there are three main attacks that US CERT have identified within this category of intentional insiders. And they are theft, sabotage and fraud. Um, and increasingly, the research shows that with intentional insiders, there's actually no common demographic profile for the perpetrators. So there's no sort of, you know, this percentage were women or men or age or anything like that. The only consistent thing that the research has shown is that job role plays a massive part, um, which makes sense because, for example, for theft to occur, you have to have access to things that are worth stealing, like intellectual property or research and development. Um, so they're likely to be roles that have access to that. Um, for sabotage attacks, it's going to be people who work in the IT team or the cyber team because they have an ability to sabotage the company's systems. Um, and for fraud, it tends to be sort of lower level data entry uh, roles or financial team people. So. Um, that's the sort of main uh, types of uh, categories of people who end up doing it. But I think people's biggest misconception is that an intentional insider is this bad, horrible, malicious person. Um, and the research and, and the case analysis just simply doesn't back this up. Uh, in fact, actually, in almost all the cases, the uh, US CERT found that the insider was actually struggling in some way before they committed the attack. So this could maybe be financially or with drugs, gambling, personal issues, divorces, etc. Um, and those things built and built and built, combined with workplace stress or adverse workplace conditions, and reached a tipping point that then, you know, ended up with these things being committed. So I think the common misconception, to answer your point, is that these people are just sort of these horrible, evil people who go company to company, stealing and sabotaging and that's just simply not the case. Thank you Lisa and and just building on that point um, do you find there are certain types of people or characteristics of employees who are more likely to be an insider threat risk um, both those who are maliciously motivated or or otherwise? Yeah so I think obviously it's the people who have access to the thing that 
they need to access to do the the act are obviously the only people who are going to do that for example as i just said with with theft and sabotage um but i think actually you know this always comes down to what people have access to and this actually works also with people who are unintentional who just have you know accidentally or negligently do something you know you can't attach a file in error if you don't have access to that file so i think there's a lot of um a lot of situations where you know the access determines who potentially could could be at risk of this in the first place um but i think the sort of the obvious fact is that uh, and what companies forget when they're building insider threat programs is actually a lot of this is quite easy to address if you know your assets and you know what sort of access management um, you implement and who has access to what and so on and so forth i think again there there are uh, there is some research to point to people who conduct acts of sabotage on their organization having some level of predisposition to aggressive behavior but again you know this is you know part and parcel of it but it's not necessarily indicative of it and i think the the key point that i want to get across here really is it's less about the personality traits of the individual employees it's more about the job roles and those particular job roles have the potential if the right situation occurs to manifest an insider threat in some situations. Thank you. Thank you very much, Lisa. And um, should um, secure, are there any sort of behavioural indicators that security teams should look out for among staff um, that they are potential insider threat risk? And how should they kind of act or approach that employee if they do see those potentially suspicious behaviours? So this is a really interesting question, and there's been lots and lots of research done on this. So the behaviours displayed largely differ per attack. So, for example, theft and sabotage are what we call end of employment attacks. So these two types of insider attack typically occur a month before or a month after resignation. So they happen at the end of someone's employment, either where they've been um, fired, whether they've been, you know, sort of whether they've been, you know, whether they've resigned or, you know, laid off or whatever. Um, and in theft, we typically see people displaying um, a large amount of dissatisfaction with their role. They tend not to be disgruntled, but dissatisfied with where they are. Um, and, and they decide to leave and take, take stuff with them, either to monetize or to use in their own career. Sabotage is slightly different. Typically they are in sort of disgruntled, maybe enraged. Um, and sabotage comes out a sort of need for revenge. So there's, there's definitely that sort of anger um, directed towards the organization, typically vocally talking about how much they hate their manager or, or the company. And then in a completely different type of attack, fraud is completely opposite. In fact, fraud doesn't happen at the end of, of a career. Fraud, um, people look like the model employee. They'll typically want to work longer hours. They won't want to take the holiday. They won't want promotions because in order to do the fraud, you have to be at work uh, changing details, right, and, and covering it up. So that's very different again. I think um, I did a piece of research back in 2019 on whistleblowing, internal whistleblowing, and we found that actually uh, it's very difficult to get people to want to say, I think this person is behaving in a suspicious manner. Um, and actually, in, in the research, obviously, uh, sort of available for you to read, but um, in almost all situations, the only people that anyone would want to report to security were contractors, anybody else in the organization, and nobody wanted to flag that behavior. 
So it is really, really difficult. And um, I think, you know, these sorts of things have to be monitored uh, very delicately. Um, but I think also a lot of these behaviours could also be indicative of a safeguarding issue or a well-being issue for that member of staff. It doesn't necessarily mean they're going to, you know, do this sort of criminal uh, insider act, but it does mean that potentially they're struggling and could do with some help as well. Thanks, Lisa. It really, really is a complex, complex area. Um, and so what, what other key measures do you think organisations um, should have in place to both prevent and be able to respond to insider threats effectively? So I think the first thing that organisations should um, consider and put in place is having an insider threat programme in some form. And this doesn't have to be uh, a massive project. So a lot of the people I work with, we actually like to start off just work, running a workshop with key staff and getting their opinions on it and raising awareness of the threat, getting some opinions on how best to um, to manage it within the organisation so that the ideas are actually coming from your staff, not being dictated to them uh, from the security team. I also think that looking at the research, uh, the sort of knee-jerk reaction is to go for really draconian monitoring. Uh, for this kind of threat. But actually, the research points more to having things like employee assistance programs set up so that if you have an employee who's struggling financially or with their health or with their, you know, sort of interpersonal uh, issues, you actually have ways of helping that person before it gets to a point where it could damage your organisation. And then finally, I think you've got to have a plan for if it manifests and you've got to go and test that plan, run an exercise to see how your organisation would handle an insider threat or the theft of IP, et cetera, et cetera. Um, and, and just sort of get that in place. Worst case scenario, if it does manifest, how would we handle it? So I think there's lots of steps you can take. And I think small steps and slowly increasing that sort of maturity in this area is key. Really interesting insights and advice there, Lisa. Thank you. Thank you very much for your time. Thank you. Great to hear from Lisa there and well done because you did a great job and packed a lot into a short chat and I know um, from Lisa's expertise as well you could have discussed quite a lot more but um, I think it would be great to dive in some into some of the things that she picked up on. Yeah, that's right. And as you say, there's there's so much you could discuss on, on this topic and there's so many different types of insider threats. Um, but yeah, as, as Lisa alluded to in, in our conversation, insider threats are often not maliciously motivated, even the, the majority of times um, not, not the case. And she terms this as unintentional insider threats. Um, so in these cases, often potentially vulnerable employees or in positions where they can access sensitive data are tricked or coerced into stealing information on behalf of malicious actors um, who use social engineering techniques to, to manipulate them. Um, and so this 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 all even applies to sort of high level employees who, who have got a lot of experience as well. Um, she also emphasised that stressed employees um, are at higher risk of engaging in unintentional insider threat activity. So that emphasises that organisations should be putting a, a very big emphasis on staff welfare. And there's obviously a lot of moral reasons for doing that, but there's obviously, um, of course, a lot of security reasons uh, for, for having this emphasis as well. 
to kind of sum up, we, we often think of insider threats as being similar to, to the case of, say, Edward Snowden, who's who's leaking classified data for political or espionage purposes. Um, and obviously this this is a, an issue that, that does occur, especially in government agencies, but um, it's not necessarily a realistic picture of, of, of the whole issue of insider threats and as as Lisa and, and we've discussed it's it's often unintentional or, or negligent that's that's the, the key factor. Yeah and I think it's important to highlight that stressed unhappy employees that have the correct access they're kind of one of the biggest issues that organizations could face so it goes from being just a security issue to being a HR issue almost and a culture issue so if you have a workforce that is happy, you probably have a more secure workforce, which is what all organizations should strive towards. And yeah, I think it kind of brings us back to what we spoke about during the news section. Yes, there are the state's threat actors like the Edward Snowden, the spy films, the people that are maliciously, purposefully infiltrating an organization on behalf of a, another state. It could also be on behalf of another organization, but realistically, these headline grabbing threats are not the most common ones. And it could be anyone within the organization that has the right access. Yeah, that's right. I think that's a crucial point. It could be anyone in the organization that has the right access. I think people often try and um, categorize employees that might be more susceptible to this type of thing but um, yeah as Lisa pointed out it's the key is people who have the right access and and they they are the ones that will be targeted by nefarious actors to 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 kind of work on their behalf Um, so any any of those people are potentially at risk and, and and employers need to take that into account. So I think with everything we've talked about with the threats, um, it would be great to finish off with some advice that has been given in terms of tackling insider threats. And this has been published by the um, team at the National Insider Threat Month, and they offer some tips for organisations to thwart the threats that we have been talking about. So firstly, promote awareness. I think that was clear from the get-go. So ensure that ensure your workforce is prepared to recognize all forms of the threat. So everything we've just discussed, as long as they have the right level of awareness, and also they need to be comfortable in raising a threat if they see it. I think the same as if we think about phishing emails, your staff need to be happy that if they raise an issue, they're not going to be berated for that. So definitely awareness. Establishing a hub. So achieve an operational capability to handle pertinent information or activity. Train the workforce. So ensure personnel can respond to the threat effectively. That kind of goes back to what do they do if they identify a threat? How do they respond to that threat? And supporting through reporting. So achieve positive outcomes by notifying programs of concerning behavior. So those are the pieces of advice that the National Insider Threat Month team offers um, as just a starting point to ensure that your business is looking to identify, manage the response and um, 
not be susceptible to insider threats. Yeah, that's right. It's, it's really about all, all about the people, isn't it? It's um, focusing on that human element, sort of understanding that, uh, yeah, the, the, the many reasons why people in an organisation may become insider threat actors and, and sort of well, acting ahead of that to to prevent it. Um, so, yeah, a couple of those areas that you alluded to, Beth, um, keeping staff educated on on the ways that they may be attempted to be manipulated, and also focusing on their welfare to to reduce stress and ensure that there's a yeah, there's a happy happy workforce that are much less likely to engage in in these types of behaviours. Well, I hope that has given our listeners some pause for thought, some food for thought about insider threats. Um, That kind of brings us to the end of today's podcast. So thank you, James, for chatting with, with me today and bringing so much of your research on insider threats with you. And thanks to Lisa for taking the time out to discuss this important topic. If you want to hear more podcasts, read more info security news, join our webinars or get in touch with the team, do head to the Info Security Magazine website. But until next time, that's goodbye from me. And goodbye from me. Thanks for listening to Into Security. For in-depth interviews with the industry's finest minds, check out our sister podcast, Into Security Chats, And join us again next month. Until then, stay safe and keep up to date with everything you need to know about information security via infosecurity-magazine.com.